Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I'm you... Andrew. I'm Jack. Did you say welcome Jack to the Wages of Cinema? No. Why oh. would I say that, Jack? I don't know. I, th- I didn't hear you say welcome back. It is a late night. Welcome hey. back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We've got guest star Matt with us as well. Ahoy! Hello, Macatania. And, and Wifely Duties Corey. <laughs> That's actually going to be your name from now on. Alright, I will be Wifely Duties Corey. You can't have a Wonder Woman review be a total sausage party, so here I am. We're intersectional. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yes, of course we are here because DC has once again unleashed uh, a cinematic offering for us. Uh, Wonder Woman has now a single... Solo or origin movie. Alright, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to say. Good night, everybody. No, we haven't even said our thoughts. Um, of course you would give this a short review. Patriarchy. <laughs> yes, and of course... Uh, How do you think we're going to hold on to power for much longer? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> the contributions of women. <laughs> See, if only you could use your lasso of truth more often, then maybe the whole system would just collapse. See, you wouldn't even need to act all tough, you know. Imagine, See, women didn't even think of that. Imagine <laughs> using, like, the lasso of truth on, I don't know, say, people in our government or something. No. All right. Anyway, anyway this is a good movie. Do you think so? I, yeah, overall, yes. It's not. I don't think so. I think really? it's a wonderful no. movie. Now, uh, all right, let me actually... This is interesting you say this, Andrew, because we... Now, this is going back some time. I forget when exactly this was, but I listened back to a podcast we did several months ago. It might even have been longer. And you actually said you didn't think that this movie was going to be good. No, I didn't. And, you, you, and I asked because you why. Because of World War One. See the war nobody cares about. See, no, that's why I like the movie. All At right. least in some part. We were talking about how you're wrong about this on the car ride home, actually, Jack and I. Having a secret marital conversation. The bonds of matrimony? But now <laughs> that we're at the podcast, I will tell you why you were wrong and why, in fact, World War One was the best possible war for this particular All right, movie. Just to make sure that everybody knows what I'm talking about, I said in an earlier podcast that... I didn't think World War One was a good thing for this movie. I said it was because I I thought it was weird, and I thought it was a weird sign of what was going on with the movie because it's different from what Wonder Woman is originally from. She's from like World War Two, right, Matt? This is accurate. All right, and I thought, well, why would they change it to World War One? I? I couldn't think of it, and one of the reasons I thought it was weird is because World War One is one of the most uh, most ambiguously weird it's where the morals are most ambiguous in the world but but that's what makes it interesting because you have that contrasted with diana who is this character that you know comes from like you know greek goddess type thing and it's all about you are in moral absolutism or something like that you you are this way or you are that way you you know the lines are very clearly defined so all of a sudden she's exposed to humanity where, you know, you don't have clearly defined yeah. lines all the time. The whole thematic point of the movie is that Diana learns about the moral ambiguity of humanity and she learns about the complexity of war, the ambiguity of war, the futility of war. So... You need a war that doesn't have such clear cast heroes and villains. You don't... I think it's very important that the war is ultimately about nothing. I mean, as you know, World War One. It's is, the Seinfeld of wars. <laughs> it, really, it really is. It's a war about nothing. It's a contentless war. You can't... No person in World War One can delude themselves into believing they're fighting for truth, justice in the American way. So I think both... Well, what... Superman already claimed that, so... <laughs> <laughs> so both what the movie says about war, I think you need a war that's morally ambiguous, and a war where the futility and the cruelty are apparent. So for what the movie says about war... 
And for Diana's personal journey over the course of the film. Now, this is why you're wrong. Now, now, should we maybe say, though, briefly what this movie is actually about? Yes. Because nope. I think that people listening to this... <laughs> there Now, there are a good number of people who do know the Wonder Woman origin, but it's not as, like, omnipresent as, say, the Bruce Wayne origin or, or Superman. Well, they keep showing us Bruce Wayne's origin story every year in a, some sort of film, so let's go over the basic plot of this. Yeah. So, Matt, why don't you take over? Okay. Um. Well, this is going to be interesting because we've had several different variations on the Wonder Woman origin. No, I just I just want you to like summarize the plot of this movie. Okay. Here we go. We have. Um, Whew, I saved us like fifteen <laughs> minutes. He sure did. Okay. You got um, Themyscira, which is an island that is made a com- or who is populated entirely by Amazons, who are ancient uh, Grecian style warrior women. And their job is to be warriors to save the world from Ares whenever he shows up again. And Diana Themyscira is the daughter of Queen Hippolyta. And she's been told that she was sculpted by her mother from clay. And then one day a plane crashes near the island. And Steve Trevor, an American spy, comes out. And so Diana rescues him and then learns that out there in the rest of the world, because this is a magic island separated from everything else, that there is a world war going on. And then she says, oh, Ares is up to stuff, and it's our mission statement to stop Ares, so I'm going to go out into man's world and kill him and end all wars and save the Earth. And then her mom disagrees, and she says, no, mom, it's the moral imperative. (laughs) I have to go out and save the world from the god of war. And then she goes out with Steve, and they have World War One hijinks. All right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Thank good... you, Matt. Matt, did you? I don't. I don't know about you guys, but my mom also told me I was sculpted from clay. <laughs> Do you know who? You know who uh, uh, Diana has in common with? Who? Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was made out of a little slab of clay. They're both homunculi. There we go. <laughs> Matt, did you think of Zena at all during the opening? Of this movie? I did. Because so did but I. that's only because Matt thinks about Xena all the time. <laughs> As well he should. Well, Corey is the Xena expert in this well, room. Well, yeah, I actually, growing up and even into adulthood, honestly, Wonder Woman was not really on my agenda at all. Like, I never watched the show, the live-action show. There was a cartoon, well, Wonder Woman. Well, well, no, well, there was a cartoon movie, and... But that was very recent. That was from, yeah, that was from about eight years ago. I, Unless you were Woman, watching, like, the Super Friends. Yeah, know, or, or Justice League. So Wonder Woman was never really on my pop culture agenda. However, I was a diehard Xena fan back in the day. Xena was kind of my Wonder Woman, and then some. And the beginning of this movie, which I thought at times was charmingly cheesy and at times groan-inducingly cheesy. The beginning of this film is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you mean that segment where... Diana, little Diana uh, is being told no, the origin story. No, I mean story. every scene on Themyscira is awful. I wouldn't go as far to say awful. No, there is a charm to it. No, there's no charm. The charm is the laughs you could get out of all this <laughs> groan-inducing lines. It's there was one. There were a couple. I will say there were a few groan-inducing lines. Not as many as I think you're saying. There it was, was one. There was definitely one line where I think we both looked at each other. Uh, there was there were times when I was listening to dialogue that I couldn't even look at the screen. <laughs> I was I was so embarrassed to hear the lines that I didn't even want to look at people saying the lines. <laughs> All right, let me let me move on then to talk about something which I think is um, aside from the World War One stuff that I think is the strongest thing about this movie, which is Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. I, you both are silent. No, no, I'm, I'm, I was just waiting to see. The, the reason why, let me follow this up then. Okay. I'm very silent. I, I wish you guys could see Andrew right now because yeah. his face is a tapestry. I haven't seen Andrew this angry. I can't remember the last this, time you were this angry. This is a wall of emotions right here. <laughs> yeah, I really wish we wow. had a visual component because looking at you right now, Andrew, a picture is truly worth a thousand words and your face speaks volumes to me. No, it... To me, I 
see, I don't know. I thought that Chris Pine especially brought, you know, just a great lot of humor and, uh, and just good presence. I don't know how to describe it. Like Chris he, Pine he, is humorous in this. Yeah, he and I think he works well with Gal Gadot. And I also think Gal Gadot is better in this than she was in Batman v Superman. Well, it's hard to say with Batman v Superman because uh, she was in it so little. No, yeah. but in the parts that she was and in was, that, I and think And the that thing she, is, she was the best part of that because everything around her She was not was the best ridiculous. part of that movie. She was Ben Affleck. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesse Eisenberg was the best part of that movie. <laughs> Superman. Gods come from the sky. No, it, no. Ben Affleck was easily the best part of that movie. Oh uh, yeah, you're, you're right about that. I mean, I I apologize. Gal Gadot, I feel like was she needs a good director, and I think Patty Jenkins with actors is a good director. Now, again, I want to emphasize, I'm not saying that I think this movie does have problems. Oh yeah. But I do think that. It is the best of the new DC movies. Well, between that's a Man of Steel, bar. yeah, but it, I th- I do think that overall, taking everything together, I, I would I would put this in the positive column. I would there is a good deal of tonal and thematic unity between all three films: Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Wonder Woman. Now and Suicide Squad. Whether, well, there's four movies. All right, fine. Yeah, there are. But I'll get back to that in a minute as we go, as we go into spoiler territory. Uh, you know what it is with this movie that's different, though, than Man of Steel and Batman v Superman? I felt like the actors were actually having a better time this, like, this time around. At least the two leads and some of the supporting characters. Maybe. Now, we could, now are there some... Is there some real over-the-top cheese in this? Absolutely. Thankfully! (laughs) Thankfully! Oh my god! I'm so tired of of so maudlin and depressing dour DC films. Why'd you say that name? Yes, exactly. And we finally have a movie that's not ashamed to be a comic book movie and enjoy itself and be like, yes, we can do wondrous things because we're talking a a crazy superhero story. We can do whatever the hell we want and have fun with it. Diana can smile. Yes! Smiling. She smiles. How yes. about that? And then look, I know this sounds <sighs> like I am saying these things as if, uh, you know, in a basis of comparison, but I can't help it. You know, we are living in this, you know, thing. Although I'm curious to hear from you now, Corey. <laughs> we are living in this thing. The, the <laughs> thing like, called Hollywood in movies, franchise, burger. Bleh. It's like we're, we're inside of this pod. That we've been confined to. They pump entertainment in, and also nutritious goo. How do you know we're not? We sustain ourselves that way. What do you say that we've been cast inside this pod? Yes. All right. Corey, now what would you say, though, about, like, what I'm I'm talking about as far as the tone of this movie? All right, now, for context, my sense of self-preservation prevented me from seeing all these horrible DC movies you're talking about. So I've never seen Batman v Superman except for the Martha scene which I watched on YouTube. I've never <laughs> of seen you see I've never seen Man of Steel because I don't care about Superman. I didn't see um, Suicide Squad. And then is there no, one I'm missing? No. Suicide Squad was least. I'm just going to get up for so a second. Close the window. I avoided all of these movies because everyone said they were garbage. So I was coming into this movie with the assumption that the other DC movies were bad. And I know this is like geek blasphemy, but The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises are pretty freaking stupid movies too. Um, <laughs> but... So, on the one hand, I didn't have the baggage from seeing the other movies. Like, I assume they're bad, but I haven't actually seen them. But but I don't have any specific comparisons to make because I haven't seen them. And I went to see this movie because I want to destroy all men, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Except me. Of course, except Jack. Jack will be the one man who lives in the gynocracy. Um, <laughs> He's going to be the sex slave. Well, I'm not going to share him with the other women. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> He's your secret sex slave. Yeah. Okay. Just, like in, just like he's your... Um... Ah, forget it. All right, so anyway. <laughs> but my, my, like, bullet point review of this movie is the beginning and the end are really cheesy... Um, like, really cheesy, <laughs> but the middle of the movie, 
I thought was really good. Um, yeah. I do wish the director would lay off the frickin' slow motion. See, to me, it's 75% of this movie was actually pretty well directed. This movie 20... was actually 45 minutes long, and they put it in the slow motion. And we got a feature film. <laughs> Look, 25... I actually don't think that's a bad... I hardly even notice slow motion anymore because it seems it, it I, seems no, ubiquitous no not in this case man not with Zack Snyder producing I was he was about... o- he was looking over the shoulder and it's Corey, Corey actually said this to me in the car it seemed like he somehow like snatched the camera away from her and shot these action yeah. scenes these action scenes in this movie are pretty much all garbage I, I, I hated so. the action in this movie. I would say no. I like the uh, action. Maybe I, earlier on, actually, uh, of all, like, there's just too much slow motion. I hate that slow motion, go back into regular speed, then back in slow motion yeah, crap. I, I'm with Andrew. Like, I don't mind that anymore. And if Zack Snyder, instead of having that slow motion action scenes put in, then it was worth it for the rest of the movie that we got out around it. Well... It's, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's like um, take it or leave it kind of thing, I guess, depending on your choice. But I thought that it was just really cool that we finally had a movie that was all Wonder Woman kicking ass and taking names and doing it spectacular with panache. And we had a whole bunch of other Amazons fighting too. Oh, she was and, she was good in the scenes. It's just that the way that it was yeah. shot really bugged me. Yeah, I don't. I I pretty much hate slow motion action. It doesn't oh it doesn't always ruin a movie for me. I still liked this movie, but I hate it and my hatred of it is steadily grown because it's become really common. And I don't understand why directors think making things slow makes them more thrilling or more impressive. It wasn't that exciting. And then and, especially in well the climax is where uh, in the last 20 minutes is where things got especially just uh, I will agree. We'll though, talk a little bit more about the climax. Of course, in the spoiler section. Corey, you what were you saying? Um, I did appreciate the moments of joy in this film, and I appreciated that Gal Gadot. She did the ass kicking really well, but there was also a warmth and a humor to her character that I really appreciated, and I really appreciated that she wasn't just like. Um, an action bot, but actually had like a warm, engaging personality in the non-action. Her scenes. her character in this, you know, she's never been in the human world. She's coming into London in the nineteen tens when everything is male dominated, and you know, women are just looked at basically as you know, you know your place. And it's like you know, she she comes into this. Uh, kind of we call it like a war meeting with all these generals happening at one point and you know they're all looking at her like when she comes in because she's like what women what what and uh yes yeah, so those are the exact same sounds that they made um and i just when she they drop their mind how you know there there's a little bit in this movie um i could say i don't know if i tried to look for certain comparisons at times Maybe a little bit of uh, Thor, yeah, the first it, Thor. Maybe with a tiny bit too of Captain America, the first one. Yeah. Especially yeah. with uh, this one character, Doctor Poison. Po- thank you, thank Doctor Poison. Right, Matt, here's my question for you about this: Is Doctor Poison a DC character? She is. Okay. In Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah, she is. That, yeah. That that name seems to be a little too on the nose. Yeah. They were very unsubtle back in the day. <laughs> Did they make up the Danny Houston character? No, he's a real-life World War One general. Oh, real-life? Yes. Ah. Eric von Ludendorff. Interesting. Yeah. That's... They're almost then going for, like, Inglorious Bastards stuff here. <laughs> not not nowhere near that level of sophistication, but it just suddenly occurred to me, like, let's take real characters in the war and then throw in, like... There was a credit at the end of this for Kaiser Wilhelm II. I didn't even see him anywhere. He was probably at like the pre-armistice gala. You didn't. He well, everybody was at the pre-armistice gala. Well, anybody who was anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I don't know if you guys were there, but yeah. it was quite a time. Mm-hmm. There were also uh, a, a few supporting actors too that I, I kind of liked seeing here. Like, because uh, what happens is. 
uh, Steve has to get together uh, a little group uh, to try to go behind enemy lines because he can't really get like an official army team to go after uh, Doctor Poison and because they're creating like this gas. Um, but so he assemb- he f- goes in this bar and there's Un Bremner. And uh, he's like the wacky sharpshooter and a sharpshooter, by the way, who does not shoot anybody. I feel like he must have shot somebody at some point. Like I the, cannot in the tell ma- you. I will when say, he shot anybody. The, yeah, no, no. I saw him shoot his rifle once. Don't know if he hit anybody. Yeah, well, I, I think well they were going for this the thing. Well, they're going well they're going for the thing Just that saying. he that. Well, that he had major shell shock. Yeah, but so that they even never though, come back to it again. Because he never gets over it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, but that's, that's called crappy writing. No, it's I called consistency. No. People just don't get over shell shock. Yeah, exactly. No, you just talk, said this was a cheesy comic book movie. With real shell shock, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I concur with oh, that. I would like a cheesecake, but I would like you to put metal fragments in it. <laughs> <laughs> damn straight. Oh, man. It adds texture. <laughs> this, is, this is the dessert I want. I know it's odd. I eat it all the time. Yeah. Get, get with it. You know what I think might have been a little, what is something that is on the nose looking back on it the thing where in there in this little uh, group that's that steve uh, assembles i'm keep calling him steve because i forget because he is name. steve his he's, own, he's trevor is steve own, trevor his own uh, group of howling steve. commandos yeah the the, the 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 one of them is uh, uh a native american indian and that he felt like he was put in there just to make a statement Matt? about Americans. What is this character a character in Please comics? Please tell me now. Might be. Oh, if God. you don't I, know, <laughs> like I mean, I'm there. There's probably like some DC war character <sighs> who is a Native American stereotype, oh, but I don't God. know any ones that are directly connected well, the, to Wonder Woman. Well, the, yeah, I was gonna All say. Right. Well, there's also like 70 years of Wonder Woman comics yeah, too. But he felt like, whether he was in the comics or not, he felt like he was put in the movie so he could have the moment where he tells Wonder Woman, well, the reason I'm here is because, you know, people like him killed my people already, so I have nothing to live for except this. I'm like, all right, did you, you had to do that movie? Really? You could have just, I don't know, that... I in think the it's mom- good that we call out Americans for their crap. <laughs> no, uh, no, and look, I, I get that it's supposed to be like, yeah, even Steve Trevor, uh, you know, noble Steve Trevor is... He's a man of lies! Yes. <laughs> yes. I like America. Yes. Um, deceitful, deceitful a British Steve American. Trevor. Oh, yeah, yeah, British American. Um... Did I mention Chris Pine is awesome in this? He is very good. He is I, the most interesting Steve Trevor has been in, like, 75 years. <laughs> I, I don't know. Wasn't Steve Trevor... Didn't Nathan Fillion voice him in that animated movie? Yeah, but he still tops him. Cause he no, actually, that that's yeah. true. I, I did enjoy that animated Steve Trevor, but... Uh, but, yeah, I... It, and I, I enjoyed just... I, I like the character of Wonder Woman, and I think that she was portrayed well in this movie. Um... As far as her motivations and how, you know, again, she has this whole very down-the-line mindset about Ares. And, again, I thought the conflict of the movie was handled pretty well. Now, the stuff around her at times could be problematic, but because that was solid and... You know, we didn't have things like jars of pee and (laughs) other dumb things, like... The dumb stuff in this movie, I could, I could for the most part take. There were some dumb things I could not. There were even things that if we were watching this at home, I probably would have had a lot, had some good commentary to make. Um, but I, I just, I found, I, I enjoyed it. I, I was, I felt engrossed in the story. I would say that it's not only the best of the DC current crop of movies. I would say it's actually a legitimately good film in its own right. And yeah. that even if you don't watch DC movies like Corey, that you would still find this to be a worthy movie to spend your time and money on. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, and I'm, but Andrew, what, like, now you you don't think though, from what we've been talking about though, that there's that this is all convincing. No, I'm not convinced. I found this movie dull. 
And I think in this movie, Gal Gadot is dull. Really? Yes. Well, her face is so expressive now. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to question, like, she hasn't really acted in too much stuff before this, right? No, she, no. she was in a movie. She was, she was in, in a movie that was released recently. Some sort of like action comedy. Yeah, keeping up with the Joneses. She was yeah. also she was in a couple of the Fast and Furious movies. I think she was cast in part because she's tall and she's pretty and I guess looks good with a sword. Well, no one can doubt that. But I thought though that. Even all that considered, I still thought that, in this case, whatever Patty Jenkins did, like, talk to her, whatever it was, she had personality, and she had screen presence, um, and, again, contrasted, I can't help but do it, but compared with other characters that we've seen, you know, like, we, we when we've seen Henry Cavill play Superman... It seems like something that, oh, this should be a no-brainer. This guy seems like a great choice for Superman, and he's the most dull, lifeless blob who has ever worn that suit ever. And here, I thought she had some personality. I don't know. I'd, maybe I'd feel different if I saw this again, but just my immediate reaction is like, okay, yeah, she she does a decent Wonder Woman. I feel that, yeah, that she did um, do a convincing job at the role. She pulls off everything she's expected to pull off. She has an actual air of childlike wonder when she's walking yes. around outside of yeah. the mascara, and she has great chemistry with Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Like, it works. Yeah. Like, yeah, I... Gal, call me. <laughs> um, uh, so, you, so you like her that much? <laughs> <laughs> Should I be wary of Gal coming to... No, uh, you're her sex slave. You're always <laughs> Jack, is, Jack is threatened by my sometimes sapphic it's, affections. It's okay. Or... I'll make you my secretary. That actually means slave. That's what this movie taught me. Does that imply that there are slaves in Themyscira? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is an ancient yeah. Greek culture, so... Yeah. I mean... I'm just saying. Yeah, they, they know what slaves are, apparently, so if they don't have them, they've at least ex been exposed to cultures that do. All right. Before we get into wrapping things up or moving on to the spoilers, just one scene that I was just thinking about where I kind of realized, okay, this movie kind of has me. Um, it's after they leave the island uh, where Steve and Diana are, are talking on the boat at night. And they're, like, having this little back and forth about, um, you know, sleeping together. Uh, even though they have different definitions of that. And, you know, she brings up, I've read all 12 volumes of uh, blah, 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 anatomy thing. I'm like, like, where do they get all these books? I get, they write books. Or they brought them with them to Themyscira. Oh, You don't okay. think they spent, like, a few thousand years just sitting around not writing books, did you? I don't know. I just, it seemed like they were so sheltered. That they wouldn't even know like what sex is or something. I don't know. Lesbians, Jack. <laughs> Lesbians. <sighs> my my apologies to all the lesbians. No, no, no. I said lesbians. No. Um. I I really appreciated how Wonder Woman was simultaneously a super hardcore badass and like a happy puppy at the same time. Yeah. Well, again, that's like a little bit of that in you know in Thor in the first Thor movie. Where you have this guy who's on this planet with all these gods, and super then super sexy badass. Yeah, and then he winds up on yeah. Earth, and you know you have moments like, "Mmm, this is good beer." Crash, you know, and it's like, "Oh, this uh, this is a f amusing culture clash." In fact, I, uh, I don't know, actually. Well, I was go uh, there was a point in the movie where I almost thought to myself, "I might like this more than the first Thor." Then the last 20 minutes happened, and I wasn't quite sure at that point, but it's it has that nice level of kind of showing that uh, that clash of, of types. Fish so, out of water. Kind yeah, of. fish out of water. Um, only, yeah, the, the innocence part of it is, what, is what's uh, charming about it. And then again, Chris Pine as her kind of guide and... Also, the person who's trying to shield her from things and stop her from doing things, even though, oh, wait a minute, she's Wonder Woman. She should be able to do these things. Um, the so. Thor comparison is a really good one. I think if I were to compare this to the first Thor, I would say with Wonder Woman, the highs are higher, but the lows are lower. 
That's when this movie was at its best, I thought it was better than anything in Thor 1, but there are parts of Wonder Woman, as much as I enjoyed parts of the movie, there are parts that really made me cringe. There are parts um, of this yeah. movie that are as bad as any as the worst parts of the other DC movies. So that's what I would say. This I would say Wonder Woman is a movie instead of high highs and low yeah. lows. Yeah, that's a good way to... But I definitely liked it on the whole. Yeah, that's a good way maybe to, to close out the first part of this uh, before maybe we get into spoilers. I, I would... If you asked me my thumbs up or thumbs down type of thing, yeah, this is thumbs up. Not, like, amazingly wildly enthusiastic or something. I wouldn't say you need to rush out to see this the way that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was. Um, which I still think I like that a lot more. But they, I felt like they got right what they needed to do. And at least, you know, and I, I, I respect that they tried to do something ambitious as far as, you know, we don't get to see World War I much in popular movies. It's always World War Two. World War Two is a bit played out. They're kind of like the, the Beatles of war movie things. I, I don't know. I'm 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 tired. I was trying to make a DJ, comparison. World War One is like the indie the band of big D Day and the Normandy invasion are the Sergeant Pepper of World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you Stalingrad is like the White Album. <laughs> Vastly important, but misunderstood. D uh, Dunkirk is uh, uh, Rubber Soul. No. <laughs> All right, um, Matt. Yeah, I liked this movie a lot. Um, I was actually surprised by all the good press it was getting, and I didn't want to read it because I figured oh, I'm going to be the contrarian and I'm going to hate it, and I'm going to be it'll get my hopes up so high that I'll hate it even more and savage it on this podcast and my review that I'm going to write later this weekend. But I actually was like, wow, they did a good movie, and it's not perfect, and I'm like going to be super fanboy nitpicky about something they changed, and because it just annoys me that they didn't have to do it. But I felt that on the whole. We've been waiting 75 years for a Wonder Woman movie, and they finally put one out, and it actually delivers, and it gets the character right, and it tells a compelling story, and it's got a lot of humor and action and emotion, and it, it covers, like, all the bases and gives you, like, an actual good, fun fantasy movie to watch and enjoy, and I want to yeah. see a sequel now. And so, that's good. Well, next up is Justice League. Yeah! Yeah. yeah, sure, why not? No. Maybe. Yeah, not me. Well, well Joss Whedon is doing the reshoots. Hmm. I don't know if you read about that. Well, that's no. another, that's a sad story. Andrew? I th I've said everything I mean to say about this. I think it's dull. Uh, okay. That's... It's a dull film. Wow. Okay. Just in dull both in action and in the the, the, the Well, the action is okay. It's kind of entertaining. Uh, but uh, we are such writing, bizarro world. The yeah. writing and the characters because the action just was the dull so... part of this. Yeah, like the thing I didn't like about this movie was the action. With the exception, I, I did enjoy a little bit of the action. I think of all things, on is it called Themyscira? Is that the name? Of the yeah, Themyscira. Them, yeah, I actually like the early part of some of the action when the when the Amazonians were fighting with each other. I actually liked that because it wasn't as slow motiony. But, uh... You were such an enigma to me tonight, Andrew. Yeah. What if he does the real Birch now? <laughs> Don't say my last name on the podcast. Too late. He, he's in the Black Lodge. Um, alright. So, at this point, uh, we're going to get into a spoiler discussion. So, if you want to avoid the spoilers, you might want to just uh, pause here and not go too much ahead now. Unless if you've seen it and want to know our thoughts. So, stop here. <laughs> Like a, why don't I meet you back at the office, and meanwhile I'll take this for safekeeping? Oh, no, I don't think so. you got to put the sword down, Diana, please. It doesn't go with the outfit. At all. Put the sword down, first of all. <gasps> Promise me you will protect it with your life. <laughs> yes. No. You can trust her. Just hand that over. Shield. Just hand the shield oh, to there her. There we go. Whoa. You got it. Thanks, Edna. This is easy. Okay. 
Um, so, so Matt, talk about the theme that seems to be running through DC's current crop of films. That mm. seems to me that what Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, to a certain extent, the Dark Knight stuff, and this film have in common is the general idea that humanity is not worth saving. But mm. you do it because it's the right thing to do. But I actually think, though, this movie has a slightly... Well, it might almost seem to have that, but I think by the end, though... Uh, and it's tough to talk about this I in think a way, this... because because this movie, it, it tries to... I think Wonder Woman, though, Diana has... She... She has some of that point of view that Superman and Batman have in those movies, but I think she ends up coming out a little more positive or try. You know, she says at the end of it, "Yes, they they have these things, but they could be more." Oh, she says, "I believe in love." Remember? <laughs> yes. Uh, but the hey, thing come that- on! You didn't like that song by the Darkness. I but, believe in a thing called I mean, love. Think about- Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. I will admit that is a cheesy ass line. Yeah. Man of Steel, I mean, it was talk, you know, Superman meets so, so many of the people Superman meets throughout that film are just are just dicks. <laughs> and there yeah. are very few genuinely decent people who who kind of look up who kind of look up to him and said, "Hey man, you're doing a good job." Batman versus Superman is all about how nobody trusts Superman even though he's the best thing that's happened to them since, you know, uh well that movie has a lot of confusing things though. I mean, they have a statue for Superman and at the same time people they... willing to deface it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is in this movie though, and there are decent people yeah. though. And like I... Steve Trevor is a decent person. But it's the set against the... the backdrop of World War 1, the douchiest I... war of all time. But that's what makes that's what makes the conflict interesting though. Yeah, there's Because kind of... it's 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 not the same as in those movies cuz like in Batman v Superman, you had scenes like where Superman was saving people and it looked like the most Bog some bur- bur- burden ever. Well, that was partially because of the performance of. Uh, no, it was also because of, of how it was directed. You had like a scene Henry where it's Cattle. like, I have to save this rocket so that people don't <laughs> die. Ugh. Oh, why am I even doing this? Like in this, I the think way- the, what what made it more interesting was that Wonder Woman is actually kind of discovering more about humans as she goes along, and that's where you know, things become a little bit more cloudy and she wonders, like, oh, maybe it wasn't what I thought about with this. Now, again, there's a whole other thing involving Ares that... Uh, Greek people... God, the Greeks. Uh, the Greek gods. But um, but they, they felt like there was more of an actual arc to it than in those movies. Well, Ares saw himself as really just showing the... the, the failings of humans. I mean, he... Ares, he comes in, we, we kind of reveal him as the big villain of, of the story. But I mean, he's engineered so little of what's actually happened. It's just people wanted the war, he just gave them the tools to do it. Hmm. But I'm sorry, man, you're about to talk oh, before well, I I was going to say that I agree with you that um, Wonder Woman is the vehicle that actually shows this moral best out of all the DC movies. Because while the other DC movies are about saving the world out of obligation despite people... Diana um, meets people who are really noble and good and loving, like Steve and Etta Candy and all like their friends and stuff. And she re- realizes that men aren't all bad and they are worth saving and that she it is her duty to save them. But it's not a burden of like obligation to save them, even though they're dicks. It's her joy to save them because she knows they don't have to always be dicks. Yeah, I think... Wonder Woman has a moment of profound disillusionment with humanity. But like like most of the people who lived through World War One. But (laughs) that dissolution is not permanent. I think what happens is basically she has to confront not only the failures of humanity, but she also has to confront the failures in her own understanding of humanity. Yes. Because I don't think this movie is a straight-out, humanity's terrible, Wonder Woman saves them out of a sense of obligation. It's humanity is deeply flawed but worth saving, 
And Wonder Woman's own moral compass isn't perfect because her understanding of the world, her sense of nobility is somewhat shallow and untested until she has to go through the crucible of something like World mm. War One. So she has personal growth and she also significantly yeah. learns more yeah. about humanity. And by the way... No, it's not that I think this is... This is bad. I actually find it quite interesting. I mean, the fact that this whole theme runs through all, all three DC films four. at once. Okay. Well, Suicide four. Squad, does that even count with yes, this theme? Yes, it does. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it does count the theme because you have the protagonists who are, like, all criminals. And, oh. you know, well. you have to see, like, the criminals themselves decide to show that humanity can be worth saving because they do because they are humanity basically in Suicide Squad right yes the Suicide Squad itself stands for this idea that people are are jerks as they tell us many many times in the movie don't forget we're the bad guys you know what it is though too yes Will Smith we heard you the first six times another thing though too to consider too though when talking about if we're talking about these movies as a set um Sorry, I was looking at a mosquito. Um, the, it, for example, like it's also kind of about to yeah. It's one thing to look at the theme, but also a key thing is just fundamental understanding of the character. You know, in Superman, in ba- in Man of Steel, you know that that movie got intensely criticized and probably rightfully so because of all of the insane amount of destruction that Superman. Whether you know, not maybe not directly or so, but that they causes and also killing Zod, and then right. in Batman v Superman, I don't think that you know that the the un, the misunderstanding of Superman continued. I don't even think that Snyder even fully understood Batman in that movie. Really, in this, there was more of an understanding of okay, here's what Wonder Woman is, here's how she's reacting to humanity. Is it an extreme example? Yeah. But it's a bad time to come to Earth, <laughs> if if you in history. Well, it's like I where... think it's an interesting time to come into history. Now, is it complicated? Yeah, but you know, it's because people can't really sum up what World War One was about. I think you it... can't sum up what World War. I haven't about. read all the books. I I've seen Paths of Glory. That's pretty much it. Patty and and in York. There we go. Patty Jenkins gets Wonder Woman, and the moral ambiguity of war it works but good for Wonder Woman because of her mission statement to end wars. So her being a warrior for peace set in World War One is what makes this story work thematically, unlike a Superman movie where Zack Snyder does not have the most uh, politically deft mind to maybe explore what he thinks he wants to explore, whereas, you know, this is actually the vehicle and characters to do it through, and it works yeah. now. Yeah, and uh, now, if when we're talking about spoilers, though, so let me just mention that I, Matt, before we saw the movie, you actually told me outright that David Thewlis was the villain of the movie. I didn't say outright that he was the villain. I said he's in the movie. But I thought you said that he was the villain. No, I said he's in the movie. Oh, because Jack used telepathy to understand <laughs> your intentions. No, you know what it is. We were talking and about, about we were talking about Fargo, where he's also the villain. I th- I thought I connected that you said, oh, he's also in uh, Wonder Woman. He's the villain. I guess I misheard you. You heard me into the future. What I was thinking. Yeah. You have Claire audience. Well, Claire audience. Ah, there we go. Uh, yeah. Well, he ends up it, at first. He appears to just be another British. Is he like a lieutenant He's or a, general? He's a sir. He's a sir. And at first, it, he he see. But I, he, I did call he, that twist he pretty falls early. On. He, he falls victim to the Alan Alda rule. What's which the is the person who is the most helpful to you early in the film it will later be revealed to be the the villain. Yeah, and it, it wasn't a very surprising reveal. I um, actually hadn't even considered it. Oh yeah, yeah, because uh. I because I wasn't quite sure how this whole Ares thing was going to play out. I was pretty sure that uh, the general, what was his name, Dang. Eric Ludendorff. Yeah, Ludendorff. I was pretty sure he wasn't Ares because that was too obvious. Yeah. But I wasn't I wasn't quite thinking about how how that whole plot development was going to come. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of caught me by surprise. I do have to admit yeah. that. Yeah. No. No. Uh, well, it it 
it did and it didn't. Like, it, on the one hand, I thought to myself, oh, David Thewlis, he's pretty interesting. I wonder if they're going to do with him. Well, and I then guess it, part of my thing it, is I didn't know who he was. You know, well, yeah, it's just because I... I yeah, this is a I, significantly uh, named character actor? Yeah, well, for those of just, you who, nope. who might... For those of you who want a reference, he was also in Harry Potter... I forget what he, who Remus he was. Remus Lupin. That. Thank you. Yeah, he was Lupin in Harry Potter But more series. importantly, he was King Einar in Dragonheart. Ah. Yeah, he was in Dragonheart. Oh, you know what he was in? Wasn't he in the island of Dr. Moreau? Yes, he was. <laughs> and he was also a voice in James the Giant Peach. Oh, okay. Well, I know him was best. Well, my, no, my he favorite. Was the silkworm. Well, I know him from Naked. So, um, anyway, so he ends up being Ares. And here's where I get to one of my big problems with this movie. It's just, so he finally reveals himself, he's Ares, and I I just suddenly got into my head, um, like, Palpatine and, and Star Wars and all that because type of stuff. Because he shoots lightning out of his hands? Yeah, pretty much. Well, also, it's... Like she's he's basically Ares is trying to turn Wonder Woman to that entire that entire battle was nothing special. No, mainly because Wonder Woman wins by going Super Saiyan, and it, it's ridiculous. Like even it, you know what it is? It's like tonally throughout. Like we've seen a lot of this movie, and Wonder Woman pops into these scenes that you know it's gritty like war battles. Again, I, I have problems with how they're filmed, but they have a certain style. All of a sudden, this battle breaks out between Ares and Wonder Woman. And I don't know, Corey, I think you probably felt the same way. It just looked ridiculous. Yeah, it was... For me, for the climax, I don't so much have a problem with what they did as my problem is how they did it. So... Like a brief plot synopsis of the of the climax, I'd probably be fine with, but the way it actually looked on screen was pretty. It was pretty eyesore like, and me personally, I I don't like protracted action scenes a lot of the time, even when they're well directed. Even good action scenes tend to lose me very quickly. I mean, I get desensitized by, you know, just walls of CGI action and I get bored very quickly. Even this action when was dumb. pretty I don't this action was pretty uncreative. And but yeah. this but even like good action tends to bore me quickly. This is not good action. Well you well you also had things like when so at first it's just David Thewlis, but then he gets into this metal armor suit yeah. and gets like a big sword and I felt like I was watching like a video game cutscene or something it was too uh, some of the dialogue was I really oh, the dialogue. was really cringy uh, too that's what I keep telling you but no one's listening but to me but it's not that way throughout the whole movie no, it's really it, it's not it's mostly in that in the middle it picks up no there are about 10 non-consecutive minutes of terrible dialogue. In no, there, there, and I will grant you, Andrew, there are some cheesy-ass lines on the Greek section. I There was one moment where, because there's a moment where Diana's having, like, that thing where, like, she's fighting, uh, Robin Wright is, uh, a, a, she's the sister of... General Antiope. That, yeah, General Antiope. She's having one of those fights where it's like, you must fight harder! And then, like, that's, like, the first moment where Diana does the thing where she crosses her arms with the bracelets that... God, I'm, like, so messing right. it up, aren't I? That, so she does that, and everybody's shocked, and Diana's mother's like, I should have never done... Like, she says something like that. <laughs> when only three minutes earlier, she's like, okay, go train her. <laughs> yeah, she does say, like, I've made a mistake. I should have... Like, I, I did think... That, that was one of those moments where I thought, okay, stop. Calm down, movie. But but the thing you really I did not think that a lot of the dialogue when it came to well because mo- a lot of the movies Chris Pine and Gal Gadot and they had good dialogue. Together. Yeah, most of the dialogue in this movie I think is either average to good. But to, there's when the dialogue is bad though, which I don't think it's bad for much in the movie. But when it's bad, it's like facepalm worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and it's, uh, and by the end, I was actually, one thing I was a little surprised, I was wondering if they were maybe going to even bring in, like, another character near the very end of the movie, like they sometimes do in these things, 
because they show like the, the they have a framing device with this movie, which I don't know if they really need to do that. No, Probably no. not. It's like the typical thing that these movies do do, where it's like <laughs> you said do do. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wages of cinema. <laughs> we endorse do do. Um, no, we're classy. Um, it's like they they have to do the thing where she the movie opens with her narration. Who's she narrating to? Us. Yeah, to us, but it's that like bland narration. Yeah. That is a, that is a dull like, and you know it's like she receives a picture, uh, where she, you know the, the thing where it's she's take she takes a photo at one point with her fellow army people, and Bruce is the one that sends this to her, and then this is what opens and closes the movie. I don't think you need to do that. You could have just jumped right into the intro, uh, of her story but it's over really fast so it's not a problem no yeah. no it is over fast I combined it's probably less than two minutes of screen time oh and in case you're not one of those people who stays through the credits you don't have to stay through the credits of this movie so you can feel good about your life choices <laughs> yeah well this yeah, time yeah so also the an interesting thing like i said there's no other characters from the rest of the dc universe which is like, except it's, steve trevor well, He's a Wonder Woman character. Well, no, no, but what I mean, though, from other oh, okay. DC movies. That's why, for example, Corey can see this movie, and it's not like she has to go, oh, who's that? Who's that? You know, like, whereas... You mean you didn't do your research when you came into this? I don't plan on seeing other DC movies because they're all dumpster fires. No, Suicide Squad <laughs> was adequate, damn it. Adequate! It was, it was a nice yeah, change of pace. I saw that horrible Jared Leto music video. Why? It's not part of the movie. That Do doesn't you know count. About? It's Which, not part of the Purple Lamborghini. I saw the Purple Lamborghini music video. I saw enough. Uh, Suicide Squad is, I don't know if it's as good as I even thought at the time. It's but, not. But, uh... but anyway, um, so this movie, I, I would recommend it. I, I would. I, I think that it is worth your time if you're looking for uh, a fun uh summer movie again i emphasize the word fun Uh, this is an enjoyable movie which i know that sounds kind of crazy to hear when it comes to these dc movies just go into this whether you know about wonder woman or not uh you get to see you know actors having you know some good time having interactions with each other you get to have good dynamics when it comes to how women and male power plays happen in the world the fact that again it's not just world war one it's also the fact that it's early 20th century when you know if you're a woman you're either in a home cooking or you know secretary so you know it's like one question though i did have before i before i close out uh so you know wonder woman makes kind of a, a you know she really makes a Makes a st- what word am I looking a for? Statement. Yeah, well, statement. Like, she makes her presence known. Yeah, she makes okay. a statement. Yeah, you would statement. think that she would like this would be something in like the history books. Yeah. Okay. See, that's my problem what? with. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, no. See, okay. So this is the problem I had with um, Batman v Superman, which applies to this movie retroactively or proactively. I don't know. What I had the problem is that in Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman's there, and she said, "Oh, I like have been in seclusion for like the past hundred years or so because I was so disillusioned with fighting." And I said, yeah. "No, that's not what Wonder Woman does. Wonder Woman would keep fighting the good fight for the whole time she was here, and the whole state of humanity." would have been different she would have fought in world war ii and that would have been totally different and so this movie doesn't really address why she stops being fighting the good fight yeah she does she does end on an optimistic note in world war one even though steve sacrifices himself so it doesn't really make sense she's like okay i fought in the great war and i'm gonna sit all the rest of them out until lex Luthor finds an old picture of me well but on the other hand matt though that could also open up another plot hole though just in history as a whole though because if she because then what if then she would be like a dr manhattan type character where she just goes into wars and they end in like a week yeah exactly that's horrible i can't believe batman and super uh i should believe it because that movie's terrible i know um, you've heard it here for next up on the ways of cinema Corey reviews movies she hasn't seen (laughs) that'll be a new segment yes can i do an ongoing segment on your podcast where i review films i haven't seen yeah do it that's we'll think a, about it. No, 
I am now, having seen Wonder Woman, I am really offended by the notion that they would say she's just chilling her, just like, cooling her heels for a hundred years, disconnected from humanity. Yeah, that's pretty weird. That's such an insult to the character, because the film ends with her engaged and ready. In fact, the very last scene in the movie is just, you know, like, panning back, and she's just in the sea of humanity, in the victory parade, and... For the disillusion that she wrestles with, early, like, slightly earlier in the film. She was hanging out with Hemingway and all the next <laughs> By the end of the movie, Not she bad. feels connected to humanity. So, that's such an insult to the character that we spent two hours and 20 minutes Again, with. don't to, blame this movie. Blame yeah, Zack Snyder. To think that it's, she would it's just... It's easy to throw blame on Zack Snyder. Well, I guess the again, the, but the point now, if you are just watching this movie by itself, that it does work. It's just Batman v Superman is a war crime. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Like gassing a village with <laughs> special glass sat- shattering gas. Oh, Corey, you don't know what you're missing from the Jesse Eisenberg performance in that movie. Join us You'll next okay. time for Corey reviews movie she hasn't seen. Yes. All right, uh, into the ways of cinema. So, are any other thoughts, guys? That I was still ups- I knew it was coming, but I was still upset they did not have Wonder Woman be a literal baby made of clay and powered by Greek goddesses. I think that's a big slap in the face to the feminist manifesto of Wonder Woman to have her be the literal uh, bastard child of Zeus. Eh. Uh, oh, the Greek gods. It do- It doesn't. It makes her completely non-unique from every other hero, and it only references the male gods. It doesn't reference any of her patron goddesses. That's the whole point that she's not a distaff counterpart of any. Um, other hero that she is uniquely her own as yeah. a feminist superhero who has actually a really good working relationship with Greek goddesses who gave her all her divine powers. Yeah, well, you know that probably the sequel will be there's another girl on the island who thinks that she is the greatest and is now it, she will challenge Wonder Woman or something. Is it Artemis or Donna Troy? Find out next yes. time. Yes, <laughs> I don't know these characters. I should have. I I have read like one Wonder Briefly. Woman book. Yes. All right, and so Andrew. Uh, uh, so you just want to just say again, it's dull. Or? This well, uh, well, let me refine my uh, scale of dullness. Here. All right, all right. It's because not... you came into this being like, this is awful. I did. I, did. <laughs> I started off pretty strong, but I my basic complaint is that it's not bad enough to be laughable, and it's not good enough to be exciting. Hmm. All right, I've said enough about All how right. much I dislike this movie. Okay, okay. That's, right. that's 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 fair. All right, so uh, if you guys have seen this movie, uh, you can send us an email to wagesofcinema at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at the Wages of Cinema Podcast. Uh, we love getting comments and questions from people. Including our very own <laughs> guest star, Matt. So, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me at www.matt, that's M A T T, then the T H E, and then Catania, C A T A N I A dot WordPress.com. So, that's a whole mouthful. Just yeah, Google it. And they're actually like three W's. Funny in if there. you misspelled your name. That would be terrible. Jack, you should put a link in the doobly doo. That's fine. Uh, yeah, and you can also find Matt on Facebook and Twitter at Matt D. Catania. And, you know, he always posts uh, links and other good things there. He always posts interesting stuff. Thank and you. Corey can be found... On my couch watching Netflix because I'm off of work currently. Right on. High five. Great. But Take that, I... patriarchy. Yep. And uh... My man's going out there working, slaving every day. All right. I'm... Um, but no, <laughs> when I am not... On the couch watching television. When Corey's not watching TV, she's looking at cute things or listening to podcasts. Yes. She's working at a college near you. Yes. Yes. So with that said, thank thank you for listening. Uh, so I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And I'm Matt. I had a wonderful time. Yes, and that's Corey. Good night, everyone. Remember, the wages of cinema is... Love and submission. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do that guitar solo that's her I theme. I do now, then. But... Good night, everybody.